In this episode, bloodlines and starlines, eclipse season is here. We dive into our current astrology, the 1111 portal, galactic center teachings, and the starline signature, as well as the Taurus full moon micro eclipse on Venus Day, November 19th. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. Oh, great ancient ones great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome to episode 40 of Stars, Stones, and Stories. I'm recording this on Venus Day, November 5th at 5.27 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And today is a very significant day for us astrologically as both Venus and Mercury have ingressed. They've moved into new signs. And Venus has just been transiting over the galactic center at the latter degrees of Sagittarius. And as of this morning at 6.44 a.m., she shifted into earthy 
and Cardinal Capricorn, where she will be transiting until February of 2022. She's going to go retrograde in December, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in this episode and go much more in depth in in an upcoming episode. We know Venus as the goddess of love and beauty, uh, ruling both signs of Taurus and Libra. And Venus is all about creating harmony and elegance in our relationships, in our values, in our connections, in our world at large. When I think of Venus, I think of culture and the social world and what are we cultivating in our lives and Venus really connects us to the earth. She is the earth's elder sister. And wherever Venus is, what sign she's transiting in is very significant, especially when we know Venus is going retrograde. A Venus retrograde is immensely significant because she makes her descent into the underworld. And the ancient Babylonians, the Sumerians, tracked these cycles. In fact, as we look to the roots of astrology as we know it today, we find the culture, the civilization that regarded Venus so emphatically. She was literally on a throne, queen of heaven, and very much connected to Inanna. And this is a journey I've personally been on uh, for many, many years, I started to learn about Inanna and her sacred texts and her story when I was in undergraduate school many years ago. <laughs> and just the layers when we think of Venus and the journey she goes through and this descent with Demuzi. And we'll, we'll connect more about this in an upcoming episode. However, I want to say for now, it's important to note she's in Capricorn and she gets a little uptight in Capricorn because Capricorn is like the CEO of the Zodiac and Venus gets a little fixated on running the business and the show and can forget about the romance and the love and pausing and enjoying life and slowing down. Like in Capricorn, she's got a massive vision she wants to deliver. And it's all about how are you utilizing the energy. And Capricorn has that beautiful universal view. And um, as an earth sign is very connected to the material realm, and also we we can never forget that Capricorn is also ruled by Saturn. And we know Saturn as Lord of Karma, Lord of Time. So Venus in Capricorn is is very focused on our time and our resources and and what's our vision and are we making it towards our vision? And so this is going to be a really significant time to think about our vision personally and collectively. And with Venus in Capricorn, she wants to be organized and responsible, very disciplined, deliberate. She can be prudent. She can be a prude. (laughs) She can be frugal. She can be very kind of tight 
energetically. And um, she has a lot of fear. She wants to control. She can be a little conservative, um, rigid, and definitely cold and calculating. So it's an interesting time with Venus going retrograde in Capricorn. And as she goes retrograde, she's going to move over the degrees that we had the Saturn-Pluto conjunction at the beginning of 2020, January 2020. And we had an eclipse right around that conjunction as well, January 10th and 12th of 2020. So Venus's journey, her retrograde journey, is going to be allowing us to reflect on so much of our journey since that potent eclipse, that Saturn-Pluto conjunction that really ignited the COVID pandemic and the financial crisis that many people are in the midst of now still. So this is very significant astrology, and she will go retrograde on December 19th at about 27 degrees Capricorn, and then direct on January 29th of 2022 at about 12 degrees Capricorn. And she's going to enter her shadow phase of the retrograde, the front end shadow on November 17th. So note that there's a lot coming and it's going to be really important for us to pay attention to so we can wrap up this chapter of our life in a really conscious way, which is why we're going to speak much more in depth about this Venus retrograde, uh, probably in episode 41. So stay tuned for that. Now, on this Venus day, as I'm recording this, as I mentioned, Mercury also shifted into Scorpio. And Mercury in Scorpio is all about communicating from the depths. When we think of Mercury retrograde, we think of the psychopomp, the one who speaks to humanity on behalf of the gods. And there's something about Mercury in Scorpio that has that kind of retrograde sensation, not in the way that pop astrology would describe Mercury retrograde, but in the sense that Mercury wants to get deep in Scorpio. Mercury wants to really uh, master communication and not just from the surface kind of broadcast level, but like really like what is being said between the spaces of the words. And so Mercury in Scorpio is a regenerator, a transformer, a depth psychologist, and this activates Scorpio season on an even more profound level because we've culminated with that Scorpio new moon and we have Mars and Vesta both in um in Scorpio now as well. So our devotion and our ways of taking action and communicating, and of course the sun, the solar frequency is there. So we're fully in the Scorpio season, and it is a 
uh, very uh, gritty month. This is a time to get gritty, a time to really channel your parts of self that are just like ready and willing to roll up your sleeves and just get in the mud, get in the dirt. We've already been in it psychologically for over 18 months and some of us are kind of over it, but at the same time, it's like when you're over it, it's ready to just really surrender and get in there and clean it up. Like the only way to really transform is we get so stripped and this is really well laid out in the journey of Anana as she goes through those seven gates. We get so stripped of all that we want to hold on to, all of these power items, these tools, these talismans that we think that we need to be our most magical, potent selves. And when we're going through a dark night of the soul or we're going through a great transformation, we literally have to strip ourselves of all that we think is holy that makes us who we are. And we have that opportunity to hang on the hook like Anana did and does every time Venus goes retrograde. Reminding us that actually those talismans and tools were just that, talismans and tools. And our magic is inherent to who we are. And this month of November has some sticky, gritty astrology to it. And it's really powerful because what is coming in December, even knowing that, yes, we're having that Venus retrograde in Capricorn, what is coming on other fronts in December is very magnetic and potentially incredibly positive astrology if we are engaged and prepared to shoot through our bow and arrow. And Scorpio season cleans us out like a roto-rooter, really getting down in the pipes where things are stuck and clogged. And if we're willing to just say, you know, fuck it, I'm going to clean my drain out, (laughs) even though it's really gross. And you clean your drain out like, oh my gosh, even though you have to look at all of that gunk that comes out of the drain and and figure out what you're going to do with it, you feel so much better afterwards. And like every time you go to brush your teeth or, you know, whatever you're doing at the sink, the drain flows. It's clear. It's clean. Like like life flows again, right? And and that's what the Scorpio season wants to do for us and through us. So it's beautiful astrology. And then on Monday, November eighth, we have Pallas Athene going direct. She's been in Pisces throughout most of 2021. And she's the asteroid goddess of the high mind. And where she lives in our charts is like where we're very uh, mentally creative, where we're very cerebral, uh, we're potent. Um, 
we can vision, we can we can think outside of the box. And in Pisces, she's really artistic and mystical, and she wants to work with light and color and sound and healing vibrations. And she's been dancing around Neptune in Pisces. And the two of them coming together can create a really beautiful, mystical opportunity for us to vision and dream in new ways. So her direct energy is going to help flow that connection deeper again as she's coming to meet up with Neptune again. And Neptune is still currently retrograde. On Wednesday, November 10th, Mars squares Saturn. And this is a very tight and uncomfortable aspect that we're building up to between this Venus day and Wednesday. Normally, it is the magnetism as we're building up to the aspect that is actually stronger than the aspect itself. So if things start to feel really tight around Monday, (laughs) that's probably why Mars squaring Saturn is almost like nails on a chalkboard. And we think of Mars as our will and our source of vitality and how we move forward in the world, how we take action. And it's in its home sign of Scorpio. So it's very happy there. It's also a little extra strategic and sophisticated and slinky and stealthy. And Saturn is in Aquarius. Both of these are fixed signs, so they could be stubborn. And then a square has that fixed kind of energy as well. It's like two people uh, really not being able to see eye to eye. And so there's like this fixed and frustrated energy as we think of Saturn ruling time. And in Aquarius, time is also connected to technology and how much time we spend getting sucked into technology. Now, in its higher stance, this aspect is actually a source of magic and innovation at its best. We always have an opportunity with the astrology to collapse or to rise above. And if you know an aspect is coming, when you start to feel the energy of the aspect, like if you start to feel very tight and tense and you're trying to get certain things done and you feel like you're hitting a dead end, well, it's probably time to just say, you know what, I'm going to put this off for a couple of days. I'm going to clear out my schedule and I'm going to take care of me. I'm going to go for a walk in nature. I'm going to draw some tarot cards. I'm going to sit at my altar I'm going to go on a run. I'm going to bake cookies with a beloved. I'm going to sit down and have tea with someone I care about. I'm going to reach out to a neighbor who I know needs support. There are other ways we can work with the energy, right? Instead of trying to force the square peg into the round hole. And this is why astrology can be so valuable. The next day is Thursday, and we've got ourselves approaching that first quarter moon. So the moon is in Aquarius, and 
Also, the moon is in Aquarius on the day when um, Mars and Saturn are squaring. So the moon is going to kind of heighten our emotions on that day. And that's just something to note. And as we get to this first quarter moon on Thursday, we're about a week away from the Scorpio new moon. And that gives us this opportunity where we have considered our intentions. And I hope you've written down your Scorpio new moon intentions. If you have not, there is still time and please do so. This is very important. We want to get real with ourselves. We want to be thinking about what's my five-year plan? What's my one-year plan? And how do I want to schedule myself in the next year and five years so I can attain those one-year goals and those five-year goals? And when we're thinking about our lives, we're going to think about our our health, our vitality. We're going to think about our personal development, which can look different for all of us. Some people, it's like mental learning, growth, you know, education. Others, it can be spiritual development. We want to think about travel, if that's something that's important to you. Um, Our work, our career, our business goals, our friendship and family goals, and how we want these parts of our lives to really be more buoyant. And we can also think of our finances and our resources and our value system as a whole. So with any new moon, you can use the intention, I'm easily and effortlessly finding myself. And then you want to think about what it is you're calling forth. And the Scorpio new moon, as I talked about in episode 39, more in depth, is can, it was um, opposing Uranus and Taurus. And so there's this portal of opportunity to really innovate and to draw forth these genius solutions. So as we arrive at November 11th, this is the 1111 portal, and we think of 11 as this number of mastery. This is a portal of spiritual illumination, of connecting into the realm of metaphysics. It is through the sacred sound current, the nod, that we connect with this number of mastery. So if you have a practice of of chanting mantra, of devotional prayers, the 1111 portal day is a really potent time to utilize your connection to, to nod to the sound current. And if not, perhaps you invoke that potential by listening to sound currents on that day and to utilize it as a time to come back to your Scorpio new moon intentions and to sit with them and to read them aloud and to work that energy. As we're thinking about manifesting, it's it's not that you write these intentions down and then you're done and poof, like everything appears for you exactly as you've envisioned in your life. That's that's not really how it works. And I know that 
you know, certain philosophies might say, it's just like, all you have to do is see it as it is and it happens. And that's not fully how the multiverse works. In fact, we're quite often, when we want to level up, we're quite often met with greater challenges. And it's not to make us collapse. It's not to make us feel like, oh, it's not meant to be, like I'm being tested. Oh, I should just give up. No, it's it's the multiverse saying, okay, you want to level up? Well, if you are going to level up, you've got to hold more energy. And to hold more energy, that means you're going to face greater challenges from time to time. So are you ready? Game on. Let's go. And when we shrink back, then we've told the multiverse, you know what? I'm actually not ready for that yet. So this process of visualization and manifestation at times has a level of intensity to it as this is a natural law. This is a rhythm of nature. This is why I teach about the rhythms of the sun and the moon and our connection through our bodies with the the chakral portals and the stones in Earthseed, my foundational course to my mystery school. And we're wrapping up our fall council right now. It's been really a beautiful journey. And if this is something you're interested in, perhaps you'll consider joining us in the spring. So make sure you're signed up for my Venetian love notes so you're always on the pulse of these offerings. And this brings us to the astrology of Sunday, November 14th. We have the asteroid goddess Juno shifting into Capricorn. She has been following right behind Venus, and they were dancing around the galactic center together uh, around the Scorpio new moon. And I absolutely love the Galactic Center so much. I'm going to be speaking about it more in this episode. Juno, as the asteroid goddess, really speaks to that which we're married to. She is the goddess of commitment, and she's a triple moon goddess. And so she's speaking to the powers of the feminine and what happens when we are committed to something. And as she is following Venus in her footsteps, and now they're both in the sign of Capricorn, Juno is coming to, you know, marry this goddess of love and culture and beauty. On November 16th, Tuesday, uh, we have Vesta shifting in to Sagittarius. She's been in Scorpio, and Vesta is the goddess of that which we're devoted to. She connects to our kundalini frequency, and she is, in this season, uh, preparing us for this potent Sagittarius season where we have that total solar eclipse on December 3rd, Vesta is leading the way. Vesta as this goddess of devotion coming into the wild horse archetype and the parts of ourselves that are seeking to expand through our beliefs to be eternally uh, the 
the priest, the priestess, the vision quester, the philosopher. And this brings us to the next intense alignment of November 17th. We have Mars opposing Uranus. And as we know, Mars is in Scorpio, Uranus is in Taurus. And this is definitely very tight, uh, potentially explosive, potentially volatile astrology. And this is the kind of astrology where we could see outbursts, violent outbursts in the collective. We could see the earth moving collectively with earthquakes or some sort of water explosion of some kind, um, unexpected, you know, choppy seas. Um, I mean that potentially literally, but more metaphorically. Mars, again, is our drive, our aim over the divine spirit. It's the archetype of the warrior and the daredevil. And so focused on individual willpower. And as I mentioned, in Scorpio, very stealthy and strategic, and also at times very, very dark, penetrating, right? Like um, the grotesque nature of Halloween, how it gets like portrayed in pop culture when we think of Freddy Cougar and Friday the 13th and uh, that horrible movie, Chucky. Oh my gosh. When I watched that when I was 10, I used to have nightmares and I couldn't sleep for probably six months straight. Um, that film, I mean, those horror films are horrible for humanity. I, I mean, bless you if you like the genre of horror. I mean, no judgment, honestly, but when we think about the psyche and our consciousness and how hypnotic we are as humans and how easily hypnotized we are, that portrayal of the genre of horror literally does not serve any higher frequency agenda. The only agenda that serves is to keep us in bondage, in slavery as humanity. And um, even when we think about Halloween. I mean, Halloween and our connection to Samhain and the other world, I hope that you got a strong sense of that when you listened to episode 39. When we when we connect to these otherworldly realms, our ancestors are the gateway to this realm. And when we go into these liminal spaces, it's it's beautiful, it's magical. There's so much potential. There's there's light and yes, there's darkness. And the darkness does not have to be grotesque in the ways that Holly Hollywood and other aspects of the overculture have portrayed it. But when we think about Mars and Scorpio, it it's it can have that grotesque nature, right? It can have that violence to it. And Uranian energy ultimately is the key to our illumination, our super intuitive, our genius potential. 
And we know in in Taurus, as I've been sharing with you now for many, many moons, many, many months here in this podcast, in our journey through star stones and stories, Uranus and Taurus is really to inspire us, enrich us in our connection to Mother Earth, to the elements, to nature, to that which is natural law. And when you've got this opposition between Mars and Uranus, it it can get downright nasty. So we want to make sure we're prepared, we're grounded, we're taking care of ourselves, because this is building up to the eclipse on the 19th. And we're going to be speaking about this Taurus micro eclipse, this lunar eclipse, um, later on in this episode. So bear with me here. Stay tuned. It's it's coming for you. We're building up. And I want to say, what do we do with these aspects? You know, we we take care of ourselves. Like that's honestly all you're required and you're responsible to do in this incarnation. You do you. You take care of you. So you know an intense aspect is coming clear out your schedule. Like don't overschedule yourself. Make sure you're getting rest. If for some reason you can't sleep because the aspects are so intense, you have that spaciousness in your schedule where you can rest in bed. You can take baths. You can go walk in nature. You can just make life really simple. And that is one of the most literal radical things we can do in these times is to simplify our lives because the overculture is broadcasting to us that time must go faster, that technology must go faster. Everything is zipping along and you need to zip with it. And the truth is you don't. The truth is what we need to be doing is to anchoring to the earth, to connect to the pulse of mother earth she is, she's our magnet. She is our filter. She is our place to go to time and time again. So we know as we're looking at November as a whole, both Wednesday, November 10th and Wednesday, November 17th are some peak intense days and We want to be, you know, really well hydrated and rested and meditated so that when that intensity comes, you can be a light for someone else. You can be that lighthouse. You can be an anchor. You can be a source of inspiration and illumination so that when they feel like their world is collapsing around them, and it might very well be for that, that time period, you can be there to reassure them like, hey, this is just a transit. It's going to come and it's going to pass and we're going to breathe through it. And how can I support you? So many of you know, in 2021, I've done this rebranding with my work and you can find out more about my work at earthseedtemplearts.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, I would love it. I would be so honored if you find a way to help support this work. And one of the ways is by booking a reading with me. 
I meet with people. Um, I have very in-depth readings, which you'll see when you go to my website, earthseedtemplearts.com backslash astrology. And then if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, you can drop in for readings that are 60 minutes, 30 minutes, 90 minutes. I also work with couples with relational readings. And so I just want to invite you This is a really good time to check in on your astrology as we are in eclipse season. Eclipses always bring intense transformation, and it's helpful to know where you're being asked to apply the energy. Also, I want to share with you, I've got a couple of upcoming events, and they're both virtual, so you're able to join us wherever you live in the world. They're both going to be recorded, and so you'll have access to the recordings if you can't come live. The Dark Goddess Masterclass I'm offering on Monday, November 15th, and all are welcome for this. We're going to be exploring different parts of the Dark Goddess archetype, from the crone to the hag, and in this journey, we're going to discuss different myths and cosmology and astrology around the Dark Goddess. And you will receive, in addition to the live teaching that is going to be recorded, you'll also receive a guided audio meditation so that you can continue to work with the Dark Goddess, journal prompts to meet your Dark Goddess frequency within, and a ritual to invoke the Dark Mother, as well as invitations on how you may celebrate these dark moon phases of your life, our lives, and how you may deepen your connection with the dark goddess that lives within your natal chart. And so you'll be able to know, like, depending on what sign she's in and what house she's in, how you can connect with her on a much more personal level. And I know that you will gain so much out of this journey I work hand-in-hand with the Dark Goddess, with Black Moon Lilith. She's conjunct my rising, and I've been initiated with her through her my entire existence here on Earth in this body, in this incarnation. So I feel as if I come with not only a wealth of material, but lived experience as well. And then on November 30th, Tuesday, I'm offering the Sagittarius Dark Moon Women's Wisdom Virtual Council. It is going to be virtual. I quite often offer these in person, and I have for many, many years, like eight or nine years now, every single dark moon. However, this one is going to be virtual as the next day I'm going to be on my way to Egypt and I felt called to actually open this up to anyone because um, not only does it make my logistics a little more simple, but also the eclipse, the total solar eclipse on December 3rd is so potent. It is a mega wattage, powerful event. And yes, I'll speak about it in episode 41, which will be dropping in two Venus days from today, November 5th. Uh, That being said, coming 
into the live event, the council, is a much different experience from being on these podcasts, dropping in this way. And so if you're called, I invite you to join us. And yes, it will be recorded. But there is a caveat. This is for women, those who identify as women, as these new moon, these dark moon containers for me are um, very sacred in holding that feminine frequential space. So the, the dark moon is always a time I love to connect quite deeply with. And as I mentioned, we're going to really intentionally align with the solar eclipse energy. And so there will be a teaching on the energetics of this lunar cycle and how to work with it for the month to come. And in addition, you're going to um, receive the recording and also a downloadable PDF so that you can really hone in on this um, solar eclipse and how to work with the energy through the month of December. And if you're interested in the Dark Goddess Masterclass and this Sagittarius Women's Wisdom Council, you can sign up for those through the show notes, or you can also go to earthseedtemplearts.com and on the front page, the first page, you just scroll down a little bit and you'll see a space to commit to both of those events. And with that, I just want to speak once more to the pilgrimage that we are about to embark upon to Kemet, Living Legacy, Rematrixing the Codes of Life. I have a special conversation with my dear priestess, sister, friend, Holly Rhiannon, where we discuss the particular frequencies of living legacy. And I'd love for you to tune into that conversation if you're interested. There is still a little bit of time left to slip in to the pilgrimage if you're called. And as I mentioned before, we've got that potent Sagittarius total solar eclipse on December 3rd. And that is the day that we open up um, at one of my most favorite and one of the most sacred temples in Egypt, in Upper Egypt. And we'll be in ceremony at the exact alignment of that eclipse that is conjunct the great attractor, which is the womb of all wombs through time and space. So when we're speaking about magnetism and frequency and intentions and power and potency and timelines and timeline hopping and bending and eclipse portaling, this December 3rd eclipse is a mighty fine time to be doing that work very consciously. And Yes, we do live in a space now where we can travel without our bodies on some level. And there's something to be said about your hands and your feet being on that ancient soil, this cradle of civilization. That is holy and it is a gift and it is a privilege to be able to travel in this way. And what I have been taught in the past year and a half is that we really cannot take anything for granted right now. To be able to travel in this way is a gift and I hope to continue 
to steward more pilgrimages, I pray to continue to be able to do this work because it is true medicine work for me. When I say work, I'm talking about from the soul. It is highest potential. Yes, it is play. It is joy. And it is also, uh, there's a great obligation in holding a sacred container for people who are going through such profound transformation. So if you're feeling called to join us, uh, this is your message that you've been looking to receive. It is time to step forth and make a commitment. I know we can always think of so many reasons why not to do something like this. And if you know that you're meant to be there, then you know. And I guarantee you, when you make the commitment, the obstacles do clear away. Uh, Quite often, there are illusions to keep you feeling, quote, safe, right? Eclipses open up new portals, new dimensions in our lives. The ramifications of an eclipse leaves threads of stories that could connect and resurface They could continue for two years, or possibly even 18, 36, 54, 72 years. Eclipses occur when the dragon's head and tail, also known as the nodes of the moon, are conjunct either the sun or the moon. So we have a new moon eclipse, and that's a solar eclipse, when the sun and the moon and the node conjunct. And then a lunar eclipse is when the node is conjunct the full moon and there is a shedding, a dissolving, a letting go. The nodes are not physical astronomical bodies. They are points in space, sensitive points like vortexes, and they carry this cosmic meaning. In Vedic astrology, the nodes are compared to a cosmic dragon, and we can think of the dragon energy as the mother of all serpents. And just like a serpent sheds its skin, so does the dragon, with many deaths and births, renewal of life, regeneration. So the north node speaks to when... We are headed towards something. It's like the path of Dharma. It is where we learn to fly by falling. It is a place of great spiritual growth and integration. And this offers new learning experiences which really stretch us. With the North Node, we feel awkward. It's the wild unknown. And when we have... Uh, A solar eclipse, generally speaking, it's a time when time itself may speed up, where timelines may dramatically switch. Now, this can technically happen in a lunar eclipse as well, or with the south node. It doesn't always happen quite as intensely as it does with the north node. So the south node is the descending node. The south node is connected to the path of karma, our gifts, the shadow. 
It is relating to the past. And so we can get stuck here. Sometimes it can feel very cozy. And the South Node is like a reservoir of resources. And we could even say it as our connection to the Akashic records. So when we go through an eclipse portal, we always have a solar and a lunar eclipse. Sometimes we have three eclipses. We might have two solar eclipses and a lunar or vice versa. And when we're in the portal, it literally is a portal. This is not some like new age speak. We're talking about we're in a portal, we're in a vortex where things can radically shift. And this is why I speak quite a lot about time bending and timeline hopping, which is very possible for us in an eclipse portal. As the Scorpio new moon came in on November 4th, that was the lunar cycle which set the stage for this upcoming Taurus full moon lunar eclipse that we will be experiencing. So it is important to understand that we're already in the portal right now. And this portal, in my uh, opinion, what I'm sensing, what I'm intuiting, is only going to become stronger and stronger, like the vortex, the magnetism. Right now, it's coming in kind of subtly. uh, And over the next couple of weeks, we'll feel the magnetism increase. And by the time we get to December, it's going to be very, very strong. Eclipses bring truth, the truth that we need to see, know, feel, and despite how uncomfortable the results may be, many ancient cultures regarded eclipses with with fear or I could say healthy respect. And they would track eclipses knowing that at times disasters and difficulty would come with them. I personally find eclipses to be very exciting times. <laughs> um, and yes, sometimes we do have disasters, uh, whether it's personally or culturally, that that can happen. However, as a whole, eclipse seasons bring us people from the past or new connections. Eclipses bring us opportunities to really investigate and can dramatically shift our lives. They tend to mark major events from births to deaths in our lives. Momentous beginnings and endings, quite often heralding vast, unexpected shifts. With any eclipse portal, there is always some sort of ending and another beginning. And as I mentioned, lunar eclipses are more focused on endings, emotions, the revelation revelation of one's true character, while a solar eclipse is more focused on new beginnings, bright possibility, and hope. That being said, it's a portal, and we can have a little bit of both through the entire journey. Eclipses ask us, to be very present in our lives, to be vigilant, to wake up to the world that is around us. It is a time, it is an opportunity to walk with compassion, to please be more grounded, (laughs) 
to tune in to your local community and to really trust your gut instincts. Sometimes we have to make significant decisions or take dramatic actions in an eclipse. Although if you can avoid it, it can be better to do so. However, like I said, sometimes you just have to take the action and you have to live with the consequences. And this is something I have personally experienced. And so the best thing I can offer you is to be graceful and to always trust your intuition. Now, eclipses move in a series and they disperse the pearls of wisdom in the most perfect way. Again, there are threads of time and space that you can find with eclipses strung together every 9, 18, 36 years, and so on. Now, during the actual time of an eclipse, regardless of whether it's lunar or solar, it's really ideal to be in meditation and near or in water if you can be. Sometimes we can't, right? And so you do what you're able to. Uh, but meditation is highly, highly encouraged. Some form of ceremony, ritual, prayer, devotion, um, as the actions that we take during that actual moment of the alignment is magnified for some time to come. And therefore, the positive activities that are taken will benefit all of humanity. Now, in May of 2020, the eclipses moved from the Cancer and Capricorn axis and moved into the Gemini and Sagittarius axis where they have been and they will continue to be until uh, about the third week of January, around January 19th. The North Node will go into Taurus and the South Node will go into Scorpio. So we are coming to closure with this journey since May of 2020 in this eclipse portal that we're currently in. Now on November 19th, we have a micro Taurus full moon eclipse. The the moon is in Taurus, but the North Node is in Gemini. And the south node is in Sagittarius. And then we have the other eclipse on December 3rd. It's a total solar eclipse. So that means the sun and the moon and the south node are all conjunct in Sagittarius next to the great attractor. This is very, very profound astrology that we're building into And so what we experience in this lunar eclipse and our willingness and our ability, as I've been speaking about, to be gritty, to show up, to be present for the challenges, to face them, to do the work, is going to amplify us to that which we can experience with the total solar eclipse on December 3rd. Now, with the North Node in Gemini, we've had a great focus around 
knowing our community, being willing to express ourselves, share our ideas, put ourselves out there more. Social media has been super profound, right? The growth of social media and Zoom platforms and all of the online connection and the internet itself has readily increased since May of 2020 when the North Node went into Gemini. And of course, it makes sense because as we've been in this worldwide pandemic, it has been the internet that has brought us together. So the North Node has also been asking us in Gemini to uh, be willing to switch up education, to think outside the box, uh, and to also, um, as we consider the South Node in Sagittarius, how can we let go of old paradigms, old beliefs, letting go of our reliance on old philosophies and gurus, understanding that the age of the guru is dead, and what can we do to teach more, share more, um, to use our story as medicine, to be more progressive, and to use out-of-the-box solutions. Now, we know that we've been stuck in the south node of Sagittarius if we find ourselves bowing down to ancient texts and gurus. And I say this in a sense of um, someone who's very devoted to the ancients, and I think it is important to be. And we also have to understand we're moving into a new collective culture, and we're all creating it together. And we can't repeat the past. In fact, it would be impossible to repeat it identically. We are meant to be connected to the ancients and to honor them and to take that wisdom, but also be willing to um, disentangle from the old ways and to transform So letting go of outdated authority, outdated laws, outdated medicine, outdated paradigms. That's really, really important. And outdated structures as well. Now, when we're thinking of eclipse portals in general, uh, I really invite you to make sure you have a daily practice. I say this so often. It's really important in these times. You can do like some cat cow for three minutes. You can do some other practices, um, meditations. I'm speaking of Kundalini yoga, which I've been on sabbatical from teaching. I still have on my YouTube page, I still have some videos up where if you're looking for some meditation and some simple movements to do, I have a number of videos available where you can get three-minute ideas and you can create a daily practice. So check out my YouTube page. And I also want to say I will be in 2022 um, offering some more yogic spaces and bringing community together again around yogic philosophy and movement and meditation and chanting and sound healing. I've really missed offering these spaces. And as I'm bringing my Master of Arts 
dissertation journey to a close. I'm writing 15,000 words in between these podcasts and getting the pilgrimage ready to Egypt and keeping up with all of my other offerings. So when this dissertation is complete, I'm going to be looking at how I would like to offer and build community again around these yogic principles because I know they're important. I know that many of you miss those spaces and I miss it too. And it's sacred and it's holy. And the technology of Kundalini yoga is very important for these times. And I've been in absolutely an underworld journey with my connection to the practice. And now that I've taken time to step away and uh, really think deeply about how I want to connect to the philosophy, I'm crystal clear that um, I, I believe in the technology for these times. And I also see where um, people have misused power with the technology, but I, I know how important it is to get us through um, what's coming because we are in a marathon astrologically. And that being said, uh, when things in the eclipse portal feel intense, just take a moment and take three long, deep breaths. And give gratitude for what is working, because I guarantee you, there are many things that are still going your way. So when you can stop and pause and say, thank you. Thank you for access to clean water. Thank you. Thank you for keeping my house warm. Thank you. Thank you, great divine spirit, for providing nutrient-rich foods and minerals that are absorbed by my body. When we get simple and we give gratitude, the old can fall away and the new potentials are able to come to life. I also really love being extra hydrated in an eclipse portal. Cold showers are amazing. Hot Epsom salt baths are amazing. Uh, working with adaptogenic herbs, nourishing herbal infusions. I love working with tulsi and oat straw and nettle and standing barefoot on the earth daily, breathing nice long deep breaths, putting your hands to the earth, saying thank you, Mother Earth, thank you. And just taking some time to unplug from your electronics all are very important and beautiful practices in an eclipse portal. And we have arrived at the Taurus full moon on Venus Day, November 19th at 3.57 a.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. I'm going to pull up this chart here. So pardon me for the background. As we know, with a lunar eclipse, we have the moon meeting up with one of the nodes, the north or the south node. And in this lunar eclipse, the moon is meeting up with the north node. The moon's in Taurus. The north node is at one degrees 
Gemini, one to two degrees Gemini. And this full moon is exact with the moon at 27 degrees, 14 arc minutes, Taurus. Therefore, the sun is at 27 degrees, 14 arc minutes, Scorpio. And with the full moon eclipse, the past is obscured by the present so that we're able to meet experiences in a new way. This is a time to really dissolve and let go of past stories, timelines, the the tape that plays in your psyche that is your mechanism of self-sabotage. This is the time to let it go and to let it go in a whole new way because this is a moon that's ruled by Venus. We have the rising at 17 degrees Libra. So this eclipse is ruled by Venus and we've got the moon is in Taurus, which is ruled by Venus. Venus is in Capricorn, widely conjunct Juno in Capricorn. They're both in the third house seeking to express themselves and they're coming into union. It's a wide conjunction. It's not really technically a conjunction. It's, it's getting there, but it's wide. And they're coming together to marry up our commitment to our values and that which we're cultivating here on earth with that pragmatism, that view, that vantage point of really asking us, what are we building and how are we going to express what we're building? And Venus is already in her retrograde shadow. She's in the front end of it during this lunar eclipse. And so it's very potent to really get in there, to get deep into our psyches and as the moon in Taurus is conjunct to the North Node in Gemini, we have this opportunity to allow ourselves to call forth the new paradigms, to see where we block our own selves in our minds, in the regions of our consciousness. And on the other side of the moon, conjunct the north node we also have Ceres in Gemini and she's retrograde and Ceres in Gemini speaks to really nurturing others and ourselves through new concepts through new ideas through learning through taking in information through you know being mentally creative, mentally generative, thinking outside the box. And we also have Uranus and Taurus. Now, Uranus and Taurus is technically not conjunct the full moon, but they are in the same sign. So that Uranian genius possibilities, wild card events is amplified and all of this opposes that Scorpio sun. Now the Scorpio sun is conjunct Mercury in Scorpio. So the, the sun, the, the stable solar force has a lot to convey from the depths. 
deep into our psyches. This is a penetrating full moon to get really, really clear. And it's working with the second to eighth house access, which is all about what we value and what our resources are and how do we utilize them and how do we share energy with others and how do we work with the other world and how do we overcome power and control dynamics and really integrate into a new way of being. And that requires grittiness. Just as we've been speaking about this month of November, the the first couple of weeks are asking us to to roll up our sleeves and get in there, get in the trench and just do the work because it's been vortexing around you for 18 months. And I guarantee you there's something you've been avoiding. And this eclipse is going to show you exactly what that is. So you have an opportunity to move it, to clear it, to dissolve it, to let it go, to let the lunar forces just wash it away. And also conjunct the sun, we have Vesta in Sagittarius, conjunct the south node in Sagittarius. Our devotion to the past has a beauty to it. However, don't let that hold you back from what is possible, from experiencing new realities from being willing to try new things and to do it in a way that's really conscious. That's important. We know Venus, she's preparing for her descent to strip herself, to hang on that hook like Inanna for her rebirth. And as the chart ruler, she's trining Uranus and Taurus. So she's as she's preparing for her underworld journey, she's like making magic with Uranus and Taurus for like what is to come, right? Like if we're willing to really do the work, what is to come is pure alchemy. It's beyond the beyond. And there's also a sextile between Venus and Mars and Scorpio. So How we take the action forward can be quite blessed. However, what's going to hold us back is the square with Chiron and Aries. And it's where we want to get stuck in our wounding, in our limiting beliefs, in our uh, fear of taking leadership, of paving our own unique path forward. So the more instinctual we are, the better. The moon in this eclipse is also conjunct Algol, the fixed star, and this connects to through myth through Medusa's head. We're going to speak a little bit about Medusa and her connection in the Dark Goddess Masterclass. I do want to say there is very much with this eclipse an intense shadow activation which is why I'm really encouraging all of us, myself included, in this month of November to to get in the trench, to consciously get in the trench. And um, with this eclipse, Mars is conjunct Alfeca. So there's this ability to activate the mind, 
And we also want to beware of false friends and of loss through the law. So uh, just making sure that we're really protected and grounded is important. The North Node in this eclipse is conjunct Alcyone of the Pleiades. So there's a, a real strong starseed magic happening here. And the Ascendant is conjunct both Spica and Arcturus, bringing in lots of good fortune and happiness. And so as we connect consciously with our starseed nations, and for you, you might know of certain places you're connected to, perhaps the Pleiades or Arcturus or Sirius or Orion. It could be other places and spaces. There are so many stars out there. But as you connect in with that starseed wisdom, your star lines, then you have this opportunity to grant yourself mega prosperity as we prepare for the Sagittarius total solar eclipse. I want to encourage you, the work you're willing to do with this Taurus full moon eclipse is going to support you on so many fronts as we prepare for the Sagittarius eclipse in December. And just thinking about this access alone of Scorpio and Taurus, it's it's such a rich access because it is so much about our willingness to dive into the depths and when we have that connection to the depth, that which we create in the 3D realm, it pulsates. It has a frequency of devotion, of beauty, of commitment to it. And so as we're willing to roll up our sleeves and get in the trenches with this eclipse, we're bringing that beauty so that it emanates from our hands. Everything you touch becomes resonant with your magic, your medicine. And as we're in the Samhain portal and we stay connected, consciously committed to our ancestral journey, we're weaving that magic through our bloodlines and our starlines. So the star sparks... For 28 degrees Taurus is a man making candles out of beeswax. And this is about the power of creation for the sake of the mundane. Basically what I was just talking about, knowing how to tap the greater power of the worlds for whatever we need in our day-to-day living. The task of mediating between spirit purposes and earthly service an esoteric understanding that we are building or forming in the earth, something which needs to be authentically born from spirit realms. To be clear and steady in this commitment. And this is rooted from the Sabian symbol of 28 degrees Taurus, which is a woman past her change of life, experiences new love. A person's capacity to rise in consciousness and feeling above biological limitations. 
This is a call to rise above our biological and our societal limitations, to rise up as a human family. And with that, I was called to draw a tarot card for this eclipse for us collectively. Those of you who live in the Asheville area or are coming through, I offer readings regularly at Earth Magic, which is downtown Asheville on Lexington Avenue. And I offer astrology readings. And I've recently started offering tarot as well. I've been studying tarot since I was 14. And I've worked really personally deeply with tarot. Um, It's not something I've shared publicly until just recently. I felt the call that I need to be weaving the tarot into my readings. So you can either book an astrology session with me, a tarot, or a combination of both. And I love this deck by Colette Baron-Reed. It's the good tarot. It's really beautiful. So the card that I pulled for us is the seven of earth. And the image is quite magical. And I want to read to you, when we think about sevens, um, we can think about our ability to trust and to be open to new paths. And when we think of earth, we think of uh, that which connects us to the material realm. And we know Taurus as that earth sign. So this card speaks to our willingness to open up to a new strategy as we're at a crossroads and a decision is to be made. And I think this is so beautiful in connection with the lunar eclipse because we are at a crossroads And what are you going to do about it? You know, are you going to be willing to take a leap, a leap of faith, and to learn to fly by falling? Or are you going to stay cozy and stuck and with what's familiar? Because it is familiar, and that familiar is translating in your psyche as safety. However, when we're on the path of the divine, we're always held we're always held. There are no mistakes in life. There are only lessons. There are opportunities for growth and evolution. And as we really embrace that, that's when the magic of creation flows through us. So the message that comes with this card of seven of earth is, as I reflect on my progress to date and see where I stand, I contemplate whether I want to continue singing the same song or change my tune. I am always free to go back to and reimagine what I might co-create. If what I manifested does not serve me as I thought it might, I don't have to be afraid to admit it is no longer for me. Whatever I choose to do, I'm not afraid to start over. For I feel assured that spirit will always support my highest good. And this is truth. Spirit will always support your highest good. Your higher self is guiding your ship in the sacred life. Your DNA, your divine blueprint, your cosmic blueprint 
And as we believe that we are guided and protected by the divine, and as we give gratitude and as we give prayer and ceremony and devotional acts, we keep that bridge strong. As we give gratitude and honor our ancestors, we keep that bridge strong. And this is why we come to ceremony. This is why we come within. This is why we have our practices. We have our practices because they feed us in mutual reciprocity with the other world. And this brings us to the galactic center. As the Scorpio new moon came in, Juno and Venus and Sagittarius were conjunct the galactic center. And uh, now Juno is still on the galactic center, but Venus has moved away. And this is a powerful, powerful point. The galactic center is the cosmic womb of our great mother galaxy where many stars were born. This is dark space where creation is created in the dark starry womb. Back in 2017, when Saturn was culminating in Sagittarius, um, Saturn was moving back and forth across the galactic center. And in December of 2017, we had that beautiful new moon, and it was right on top of the galactic center, really um, placing a seal on what was being distilled for us. So there's something kind of stirring in our psyches from December of 2017. And I invite you to just, you know, ponder for a moment, like, where were you in December of 2017? The galactic center is at roughly 27 degrees Sagittarius. It's 25,000 light years away and anchors at the center of our Milky Way galaxy. For the ancient Egyptians, the Milky Way is reflected in the golden mother Nile River. This is the river of life, one of the most ancient rivers on the planet and many of us know of the hermetic wisdom as above, so below. What gets left out quite often is as below, so above. We are in conversation with the cosmos. This is why understanding the art and science of astrology is so impactful, because as astrologers, we are historians, we are record keepers of time and space, and we are in constant communion with source consciousness, with all that is. This life is a sacred dance. You are a creator. You are a creatrix. Our solar system takes 250 million years to orbit once around the galactic center. And the galactic center is over 2,000 light years wide. The Mayans describe it as the heart of the sky and the tree of life. And so we had this alchemical union right before the Scorpio new moon, where Juno, what we're committed and married to, and Venus, goddess of culture and art and beauty and elegance, met up on the galactic center. Now, this is very important because this marks the opening in the Scorpio new moon eclipse portal. And 
we have that Taurus full moon lunar eclipse that I've just spoken to you about in depth. And then we're coming into the Sagittarius total solar eclipse, which is conjunct the great attractor. Now, the great attractor is the cosmic womb of all of the cosmic wombs through time and space. So the galactic center is the cosmic womb of our solar system as we know it. And then the great attractor is the womb of all the wombs. (laughs) We can think of those Russian stacking dolls, right? At the source, at the very center, although quite small, is the great attractor, yet very, very magnetic and profound. So that's December 3rd. And then on December 19th, we've got this Gemini lunar full moon. It's not an eclipse, but it's still in the eclipse portal. That's also the day Venus stations retrograde in Capricorn. Now on that full moon, the moon is opposing the sun, which is conjunct the galactic center. So this is just a couple of days before winter solstice. And this is such a powerful time we are in to shed our limiting beliefs so that we can welcome these new paradigms that want to come forth from December 3rd onwards. We are in this profound season of building to the golden gate of God and the silver gate of man. They're being activated. The silver gate of man is in Gemini and the gate of God, the golden gate of God is in Sagittarius. This is what the ancient Egyptians were speaking to with the Achet, the horizon line and the solstice points. Through the horns of Isis, every human soul is incarnated into physicality after crossing through the Milky Way. So you are a part of this holy family. This is something I've been threading through these podcasts since episode one and will continue to through time and space. I invite you to allow great mother Isis, Iset, Auset, to remind you of your inherent royalty and abilities as a creator, creatrix here on earth. May the eternal marriage of Iset and Wasir Osiris, remind you of the eternal Iroskamos that lives within you. Through this wisdom, you claim your freedom. Anahor, Haru, Horus, you are free. You are free to embody new thoughts, to shed limiting beliefs. And as we consider the galactic center, I would also like to speak to you about what is happening here for humanity. Facebook has recently said they are going to change their name to Metaverse. This looks bright and shiny from the exterior, right? This connection into virtual reality where you can like meet up with whomever in some crazy stratosphere and hang out with them in cyberspace. This is like candy-coated, technocratic BS, if you ask me. You're basically in a room cut off from the entire natural world, the world of elemental medicine with goggles on. 
getting fried by the radiation. So there's that. And yes, technology is beautiful. I want to say that. I'm grateful for technology. I'm able to sit here and podcast to you from the liminal space at my ancestral altar to be in the dark, as I love to speak to you from the dark in these podcasts. It's a gift. I love technology. I also love Mother Earth. I also value elemental wisdom. I also value long walks in nature and flowers and touching things with my hands and activating through my senses. And virtual reality is not going to do that. So we are being presented with this metaverse that we're being asked to buy into collectively and what is becoming more and more rebellious is to root to mother earth to call upon the elemental ancestors the great elemental mothers to call upon your ancestors meanwhile they want to put us on a social credit system where our digital identities matter more than these human bodies. So this Taurus eclipse portal is asking us to shed our limiting beliefs and to get even more aligned with our values. How you spend your sacred time and attention is actually what you value. So ask yourself, how do you spend your days? Where are you devoting your attention? And what does that mean for the generations to come? This total solar eclipse in Sagittarius conjunct the great attractor, the womb of all of the wombs in the cosmos, and the full moon in Gemini opposing the galactic center, the cosmic womb of our solar system. There are big shifts coming on Earth. The overculture would love nothing than for you to stay hypnotically asleep. And so I remind you, this is a time to shed your limiting beliefs. This is a time to get gritty and to open up to the new paradigms and to the new thoughts and to the new realities. And with this, we weave our bloodlines, our ancestral wisdom, our elemental connection to all that is and all that ever has been and all that ever will be. And our soul lines, our soul family, and our star lines, our ancient starry ancestors, we long for them. We long for our starseed nations. We long for our homes. And we are on assignment here on earth to anchor that wisdom, to be here for Mother Earth, to be here for humanity in these times. So please know that. And it's a powerful time to be human. It is a holy time to be human. And it is radical to weave with Mother Earth, to weave with the elements. So embrace this wisdom and own it and be it, and breathe it, and teach it, and share it, and love it, and honor it, and hold the dirt in your hands, 
and kiss the flowers as they blossom and bask in the sunlight and allow the rain to fall on your head and taste the plumpness of the fig and the sourness of the lemon. Enjoy your humanity. It is sacred and it is holy. It is holy to hurt. It is holy to feel. It is radical to be engaged and to be embodied. And this makes me think of, I can't remember if I've shared this with you all on this podcast or not, so uh, please forgive me if I have. I really love uh, Rasta culture and reggae music. There was a time where I th- I could see myself going down that path, but I did not. And there's a particular song that I fell deeply in love with when I was like 20. And it hit me so hard about the sacredness of this life and what it means to really be in gratitude and what it means like every moment, how we're behaving. And in the song, the artist speaks about how at any given moment, time and space could freeze and what you're in in that exact moment you would be doing for eternity. And that hit me so hard. That teaching hit me so hard, right? Because when our hearts are hardened and we're in our anger and we can't get over something, imagine if you were frozen in that in time and space. Yet when we're in our pure creativity and we're in the simple pleasures of you know, baking cookies or taking a bath and like scrubbing, scrubbing our body with sea salt scrub or going on a walk and feeling the, the sand in your toes on the beach. Like that's, that's magic right there. So every moment is a miracle. And I just want to thank all of you for circling around here and star stones and stories. It is a pleasure and it is an honor to craft these podcasts for you. To date, there have been over 7,500 unique listeners and 13,000 downloads in over 73 countries around the world. So I bow to each one of you. I am so grateful. Thank you so much please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes. If you've got an iPhone, you just uh, scroll and look for the podcast app and then rate the podcast, write a review. It means so much because it boosts the visibility so that people who don't know about my work in this podcast will come across it and it can be of greater service. And if you've enjoyed this episode, just take a moment Share it with a few of your beloveds. Put it on Instagram. You can go into the Spotify um, app and you can find this episode and you can click share and put it on Instagram in your stories. It means so much to me. I craft these podcasts for hours. (laughs) I'm going to be honest. It takes hours to do this. And um, it's my offering to you. Like I have ways that you can book with me 
and events. So if you want to support me financially, I would be so grateful as we all need to be supporting one another in these times in our sacred arts. So you can book a session, you can sign up for my Dark Goddess Masterclass, you can sign up for the Sagittarius Dark Moon Women's Wisdom Virtual Council. You can come to Egypt. It's There's still time. Uh, yeah, you can also stay tuned for my upcoming classes in 2022. And I also have a Patreon page where you can join in mutual reciprocity and also receive some beautiful offerings as well. So that's patreon.com backslash Rama tribe. And again, it is an honor. It is a privilege to share this wisdom with you. It is my devotion. It is my passion and my pleasure. And so thank you so much for being here. I felt called to share the Isis meditation with the seven scorpions so that you can do some great chakral clearing. So may that meditation be of service for you. Blessed be. I invite you to go back to that anchored conscious space that we began from. And this is the embodiment of all that we have explored in this episode together. So if you're unable to settle in and be present, I suggest you pause here and come back at another time. Take a moment and get comfortable in your space. Perhaps come lie down or find a comfortable seated position and turn off any devices, close doors as necessary, make sure your body is warm and that you feel secure in this moment. And begin to bring your awareness deep into the breath, into your body. Imagine from the soles of the feet this golden wave of relaxation coming in through the soles of the feet, circling up through the ankles, the shins, the calves, through the knees, up through the backs and the fronts of the upper thighs, the quads, into the glutes and the groin, and the pelvic bowl, your sex organs moving up into all of the digestive organs, the adrenals, the kidneys, up through the ribs and the lungs, through the four chambers of your heart, up through the throat and the neck, and then coming down, this wave of relaxation coming down through the arms, elbows down through the wrists, out through the fingertips, spiraling back up through the arms, the throat, the neck, through the back of the head and the jaw, relaxing the teeth the root of the tongue, all of the bones that create your face, 
relaxing deep into your optic nerves and taking this wave of relaxation deep deep into the center of your brain relaxing every bone in your cranium the ears every hair on your head and feeling force field of protection feeling the might of your ancestors your feminine and your masculine deep within your mother line your father line backing you feeling the guides and guardians that you work with the saints the angels whatever divine forces that are truly holy that you connect with inviting them in to this space consciously from the soles of the feet the palms of the hand and the base of the spine drawing down a red cord of light perhaps silver and gold spiraling within this cord of light that goes down through the layers of your dwelling space down through the layers of sediment and soil through the mineral beans all the way down to great-grandmother hematite, this lineage stone of protection, where you anchor here and now, and in this space, your body just feels so heavy, so relaxed. The mind wanders free, knowing that anything of great importance you can come back and focus at the right time. And so from this space, you begin to journey and you find yourself journeying along the back of the most primordial bird goddess you have ever seen or felt. And she has the most magnificent wings and feathers notice notice what you see and you take in as you're flying through the sky up and out into the cosmos with her feel the wind blowing as you travel and she takes you on this journey and as you travel through the stars you realize this is great mother Isis, goddess Iset. And she weaves so elegantly, bringing you back down to earth through the clouds. However, you're not going home. You're flying over a desert terrain and you begin to realize that this is the land of Kemet, of Egypt. You fly to this beautiful, small, little space that you're beginning to make out more and more as you come closer to landing. You see a tree and a pond, and you come down, spiraling down, and she lands you ever so gently right near this 
little pond that you're drawn to immediately, the small body of water in a landscape that feels like you're quite far from others, although you can also feel people not too far away. And you begin to make offerings and prayers at this pond. And you find yourself drawn to the dwelling. You notice this tree. It's at least hundreds of years old and so buoyant and proud. And so you take a moment to walk over to the tree and connect in the way that you do. And then the magnetic pull to this small little temple is just too much. So you come, you come up to the door to make sure that you have permission to enter. When it feels correct, you come inside. So you find yourself drawn to the center space, the holy of holies, and you come to lie down on your back. And as you sink onto the floor of this temple, you feel so much all at once. You feel the presence of so many different beings, human and otherworldly, coming through. And you feel Great Mother Isis come to you. She comes and she touches her hands to the soles of your feet. She invites you to close your eyes and she says, let go of all fear. I am here with you now. And from her hands emerge these little black scorpions, seven of them. And they begin to crawl up your body First, coming to the base, the root chakra of your body, and they begin to purify, to purge all of the places and spaces where you have had fear around receiving, fear around your complete connection to the earth, primal fear around prosperity, around money. You shed these fears, you shed judgments around past mistakes, that which is ready to be dissolved. These scorpions begin to eat away the decay, 
and you feel you feel free they begin to move up to the sacral chakra where this bright orange light emanates from your womb space dissolving the stagnancy and the blocks to creativity dissolving your past disappointments dissolving the spaces where things didn't happen the way you wanted them to letting go letting go of the places where you were afraid to create where you were afraid to be seen letting go of your fear around being in your divine feminine passionate place and when they've completed in this space they begin to meander up into the solar plexus region the seat of your will this yellow wheel of light they dissolve all forms of victim consciousness forms of fear around your own power your own drive your own confidence fears around your masculine frequency around teachers and masters and they meander up into the heart chakra this green pink frequency of light wheel of light and dissolve the places where there is deep grief and sorrow where you have let go of trust they dissolve the places that keep you from your creativity and they move up into the throat wheel of light this blue wheel of light beginning to dissolve the places where you have held your voice back you have held yourself back from speaking your truth where you have had hesitation to be your true unique self they move up into the third eye space shedding the places and spaces where you have had lack of clarity lack of vision where you have been afraid of your vision you see this these decayed outdated paradigms being dissolved and from there they go to the crown this violet wheel of light spinning everywhere where you feel a burden of responsibility for the planet for humanity they dissolve these spaces they dissolve your fears around god consciousness creator that which is ready to be let go of and they begin to move now around your body around through your auric field anywhere in the auric field where there are punctures or tears in your energetic frequency 
They work through and remove the poisons from you. And then they begin to, these seven scorpions begin to circle around your body seven times. And then from there, they scatter. They scatter into the void just as quickly as they came. Great Mother Isis, her hands have been on your feet the whole time. And she begins to now move them to your knees, your womb space, your heart, your eyes, your third eye, your crown. And she stands up and begins to create the most beautiful sounds. You feel the threads of all of creation, all of your lifetimes, all of your powers coming to you here and now. you when you're ready to come back onto her back she has morphed into this primordial vulture goddess once more together you fly fly upon her wings out into the cosmos you give gratitude for this journey for this healing you give gratitude for this sacred life brings you back to your dwelling. She tucks you in so cozy. She blesses your feet once more and she flies. She flies out the window.
May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou, great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.